So I'd like to start my homily by bringing in a passage from scripture that wasn't in the readings today. It's from the prophet Isaiah. But I think it kind of helps to set our minds, okay, into what is revealed in the gospel today, in our readings today, and how we might be able to receive it such that it really takes root in our life, blesses our lives. So, so this is from Isaiah chapter 55. The Lord speaking through the prophet says this, Let the wicked forsake their way and sinners their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord to find mercy, to our God who is generous and forgiving. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, how exhilarating is that to learn? When you think about what's being said here, that the creator of the universe wants to make known, he wants to share his wisdom with us. Well, let's hold that thought for a minute, and we'll come back to that. And let's reflect a bit on the psalm. See, the psalms where we sing a psalm every Sunday, right? And at Mass, it's all, we always pray a psalm at Mass. And, um, you know, the psalms really, they're a powerful feeder of God's wisdom. They're quoted 414 times in the New Testament. Jesus prayed the psalms. I think only the prophet Isaiah quoted more than the psalms. So let's look at, take our time and walk through Psalm 131. The response was, as we just sung, In you, Lord, I have found my peace. O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty. I busy myself, I busy not myself with great things, nor with things too sublime for me. Nay, rather, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child, like a weaned child on its mother's lap, so is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, both now and forever. In you, Lord, I have found my peace. Well, the psalmist goes on to tell us how he found his peace. He says, my heart is not proud. Pride is the deadliest of the sins. Theologically, it means turning oneself into God. It's the sin of Satan. Satan determined he would make the determination of what's good and evil. I will not serve, Satan is, is quoted as saying. Adam and Eve also sinned through pride, tempted by Satan to doubt God's goodness. You know the story, they ate from the tree of knowledge, the forbidden tree of knowledge. They succumbed to that temptation. In an attempt to possess a wisdom only God can fully possess. Well, we know this choice had disastrous consequences. Our original relationship with God, our original harmony and union with God is corrupted. Adam and Eve and humankind fall and become far less than God intended us to be. The psalmist rejects pride and out of humility makes a choice. I busy myself not with things too sublime for me, too great for me. 
So humility comes from the Latin word humus, like in the soil, which means earth. It means earth. True hum humility means being grounded in reality. One whose heart is humble eagerly listens to the word of God, takes it inside, takes it into her heart, and like a seed that falls on rich soil, it bears fruit in her life. Such a one knows herself, is liberated from the confines of ego, of human thoughts and ideas, and is ready to receive God's grace and to live out her true calling. St. Peter writes this in scripture. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. And this psalm offers this beautiful image of God as mother, who has given herself, her very self, for her child, for the life of her child. And this metaphor of a weaned child on its mother's lap is a poignant picture. It paints a poignant picture of the personal and psychological reality of the theological expression, hope in the Lord. See, a weaned child is old enough to know that she's safe with her mother. Her hunger has been satisfied, and now she's content sitting on her mother's lap. So too, the calm and patient soul. Calm because it doesn't depend ultimately on itself and is patient because it trusts and hopes in God, God's love. He listens and obeys God's word when it's revealed. This is what's for us. This is the way to finding peace in this life and in the next. You know, to put an image around the burden of pride, um, I, I want to share this. The Italian poet Dante, he wrote the Divine Comedy, and um, he describes a journey, his journey, through hell, purgatory, and heaven. And I, I rely on Bishop Barron here for this thought, um, how Dante shares uh, the punishment of the proud. This is what the, the, pride, the proud experience in purgatory. The proud are made to carry enormous boulders and to lumber around the first level of purgatory. They got a big boulder on their neck. And there's two reasons for this punishment. First, the boulder symbolizes the weight of the ego that is continually on the proud person's back. But there's also a value, a positive value to this punishment. For the great boulders force the prideful down to the earth, to the humus, to reality. In the first reading, the priests of Malachi, uh, they're not grounded in reality. They do not listen to the God's word. They do not lay it to heart. They don't take it into their heart or give glory to God. They fail in their calling to instruct the people in the ways of God. Their job is to lead their people to, to the Lord, and they're failing in that. Instead, they turn away and use their teaching for their own desires, to advance their own desires which keeps them from living out their exalted call. Like Adam and Eve, they become less than they were intended to be. 
the scripture tells us that God put you know God said I have made you contemptible and base before all the people so we see something similar to that in the gospel reading the word is still good like Jesus tells the people the scribes and Pharisees sit on the chair of Moses the word they're teaching you is valuable listen to it but do not live according to their example it's a misplaced love that the scribes and Pharisees have. They love honor and human praise more than loving and living the word of God. Ego becomes their driver. And when that happens in our life, when we don't let Jesus guide our life, the word of God guide our life, you know, we get knocked out of harmony. We get knocked off mom's lap. And our soul becomes disturbed. Conversely, Paul and his companions, they get it. They practice what they preach. Moreover, they understand the power, the power in and the essentialness of the word of God. The scripture says this, not a human word, but the word of God is what they bring. And when received, when laid on the heart, Paul teaches, it goes to work in us. So how does humility come into play here? Well, Paul made a choice much like the, the psalmist. Paul made a choice. Paul had it good. Okay, He was a, a, a Roman citizen. He was well-educated. He had a position of honor and power and position, a position of respect among his peers. He was well-educated. He studied at one of the best, with one of the best rabbis in, in, of the day. But all that changed. He let go of all of that after encountering Jesus. St. Paul writes this elsewhere. Whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the sur surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. See, Paul is grounded in reality because Jesus Christ, the word of God, is reality. His motivation and his companion's motivation for preaching the gospel are pure. They nourish the Thessalonians with the word of God like a nursing mother cares for her ch children, sharing their very selves. See, they didn't seek to exalt themselves. They saw the importance of bringing this word to people, the, the life-giving importance for people to hear and receive and be nourished by and fed by the word of God. Whoever exalts himself, the gospel tells us, will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Well, Paul was exalted, and he writes this at the end of his life. I've competed well. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but all who have longed for his presence. So in closing, look, to some extent, all of us carry around the boulder of pride. Maybe it's vanity, pride, we carry that around. You know, how often is our source of stress and anxiety 
in our lives rooted in our ego, right? Fear of other people's opinion, fear of shame, fear of failure, fear of humiliation, the desire for honor or praise. You know, or perhaps maybe it's making a choice that really God isn't calling us to make. And I'd like to just share briefly a story from my own life. I was working at GM at the time, and my boss came up to me and he said, you know, Fred, um, you're in line for this opportunity, this promotion. I think you have a really good chance to get it. You give a really good chance to get it. Then he said, but it'll ruin your life. <laughs> so now he knew... At the time, I was applying to the diaconate, and he knew what I wanted to do. We were friends. He, he knew me. And he meant, what he meant was, look, this is going to be a project. We're going to, it's 24-7, you know, dealing with Asia. It's, a, it's long hours, lots of time, high, high profile, high stress. And I had a decision to make. Do I really want that? Is that what God's really calling me to? Do I want to put that on myself? You see what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes we've got to be very careful about what we choose in life. See, we can pick things that are too sublime for us. And it's okay to say no to those things. We don't have to be, have the title, have all the money. We need to think, where does God want us to be? That's where we find peace. That's how we get on mom's lap and stay there. Okay? So we invite the Lord in and discern that. And it took some time, but that's, you know, I, I lean on that now. I, I take decisions to, before the blessed sacrament, that's where I make my decisions now. Serena, my wife and I. Stress and anxiety weigh us down like that boulder. They sap our energy and joy. Jesus wants to set us free from that, free to live our calling, which includes living and proclaiming the gospel. We're all baptized priests. It's our job to make this known to people. Everybody needs and deserves to hear the gospel message. If we ask Jesus for the gift of humility, he'll give it to us. So let's go back to that passage from Isaiah. We'll end it there. So this passage includes and concludes with this, these words. First, Isaiah says, God says through Isaiah, pay attention, come to me, listen, that you may have life. A lot at stake here. Come, that you may have life. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. Just as from the heavens the rain and snow come down and do not return there, until they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall do what pleases me, achieving the end for which I sent it. Yes, in joy shall you go forth, in peace, shall you be brought home.